Welcome to the Rodcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rod. So my guest today's had a movie-worthy journey in life. Currently serves as an engineer at uh, Qualcomm, one of the you know the largest companies in the world. But his transition has been nothing short of remarkable. I won't get into any spoiler alerts. But uh, suffice to say that we're in for a, a great episode today. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Jitesh Kumar. Jitesh, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Rod, for inviting me uh, in this podcast. And um, since ever we had uh, discussed about this podcast, I was very excited. Obviously, this is my first time I'm coming on any podcast and uh, yeah um, i will try my best to you know drive my story so that you know people around the globe would listen and get motivated at the same time absolutely and it's it's such a motivating story which was i've been you know excited for the past week to 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 jump into our session but maybe let's start from the beginning and tell us a little bit about you know how your your journey started so i would like to you know i always uh, uh, describe uh, my instances in life in uh, a story format yeah because it is indeed a story you know it is indeed a story to tell um, and every individual has some own story like to speak on a very um, holy place in india which where all the uh, you know souls gates moksha moksha means it gets uh, uh, the uh, it gets out of the life chakras you know usually described life chakras when you you know go born in this mortal world you go through multiple life phases right so that holy place is called gap um, my early childhood was uh, very daunting at the same time you know very hustling because uh, it was the time when i got this uh, very lethal disease called meningoencephalitis and uh, this disease it, it bounded me in a physical body where i can't simply move out where i can't simply talk to someone where i can't simply go from you know, my friends to roam around and it was happening in the very early childhood phase where you know you grow up you make friends you go into the pre uh, classes and you know schools and uh, eventually you enjoy uh, and learn the socio economical skills uh, which we develop which usually a general people develop in their primary schools right uh, when i got this disease i also had a very tough time to you know my family was very uh, sort of uh, not discouraged about uh, that i can't able to walk but at the same time they don't know how to deal with a uh, person with uh, uh, you know special needs and uh, obviously we i belongs from a very remote place uh, of bihar which is still under developing uh, so back in those days there was no uh, much of uh, knowledge about you know uh, meningoencephalitis how does it happen and what all it takes to you know recover basically get recovered fully so how old were you when you were diagnosed with meningoencephalitis so so i was a uh, five and a half year old yeah okay i don't remember the exact So I had a short time memory loss. Okay. So you had short term memory loss. Did you immediately after start to have the VFX of the disease or did it take a while to progress? According to the reports that I saw uh, you know after I grown up um they said it acute acute meningitis and acute encephalitis. Mm. Because it it uh, the severity came in between like uh, two to three days. The severity was uh, exponentially growing. So all the symptoms were prominent, and uh, all uh, all the rarest symptoms like seizures. Wow! So you had seizures, yeah. Right. I had a seizures. I had a stiffness, a stiff neck, and uh, 
for sure in a partial coma, but not in the deep coma state. So her doctor was somehow able to sustain me for like uh, in the ICU chamber for like uh, several weeks. And uh, the dog, as I said, you know, when you grow up in a, uh, underdeveloping countries and uh, these days it is very it is a matter of uh, you know concern when African countries and uh, you know other countries suffer from a lethal disease they do not get the right treatment at the time and so does it happens to me ever because I first belongs to an underdeveloping state of my country which is uh, Bihar now it is developed a lot but yeah medical facility wise i was not having uh, medical good medical facilities or uh, best doctors around uh, 100 kilometers as it is the the symptoms was not diag- diagnosed properly or the doctor was not able to re- uh, you know uh, draw a picture what exactly happened to the kid so my parents was very uh, you know uh, and in a state of confusion back then and the entire family because I had a joint family and no uh, you know my father was not uh, uh, having much of uh, educational background uh, because we had a you know family business back then and uh, barely in our house one has uh, you know a knowledge about these all diseases wow and then what happened? How did you come out of that? So, yeah, that is sort of miracle happened, you know. Um, there was one doctor. Uh, he's, uh, was, he was a MD and a CMO, chief medical officer back then. And he was, uh, he went to Australia you know, when I got this disease. And uh, he recently came back um, uh, after my three weeks of my, uh, you know, diagnostics. He returned back to Bihar and fortunately he visited to the hospital for surveillance and audit of the hospital to see what's going on. And I was very fortunate that he saw my case and due to, you know, I told you right, when back in those days, India has struggling to get good doctors and uh, you know good nurses so he sort of saw he although i was able to uh, recover back but they were somehow putting me on the condition that j- just say okay this side is severe you know you should be putting it in uh, uh, icus not in the general ward because he is not uh, able to breathe or something like that but when he diagnosed it he sort of grabbed a lollipop, you know, a candy. Asked a doctor to bring a candy and put in my, uh, put it in my lips, uh, tongue basically. And I even somehow I started licking it. I was unconscious. I was in partial coma state. But that was this was the incidence when my grandfather told me this incident because I was not conscious back then. Then he said Ki, I started licking that. And uh, he sort of he sort of thought of something that goes wrong going wrong there. He eventually uh, you know shouted on all the doctors and said, Ki, what you are doing with this child? He's already you know in a partial coma state, but he is able to recover. His tongue is leaking way. Right? He is able to lick the uh, candy. And you are putting the nozzle nozzle in through. They are giving me the liquid, those uh, liquid foods or liquid juice through my nostril. You know. So the condition was pathetic. So, uh, you know, nobody was believed that I can able to engulf through my mouth something. <laughs> Some food can be engulfed through my mouth. It, it was not imagined by the doctors uh, who are in charge there. But eventually when this CMO, uh, Dr. Lala Shunanan, he was a, a CMO back then and he sort of diagnosed and he said to my grandfather that he, I will be able to recover back but the recovery percentage will depend upon my physiotherapy 
and post you know uh, recovery we need to continue for like 3 4 years of continuous physiotherapy continuous care continuous massaging of uh, the weaker limbs and uh, uh, he will be he said ki i can able to recover fully but uh, um, unfortunately i lost my mom within that time frame and uh, wow why my mom why i lost my mom was a uh, another story because you know she was suffering from uh, schizophrenia mm. um i didn't saw the report yet nor do my father had any report because all the report says that she is fit and fine but she was getting strokes i you know uh, that uh, yeah you know schizophrenia uh, traumas right they patient should patient get that uh, sudden urge of killing themselves or sudden urge of panic fear that of uh, that type of uh, you know trauma she is getting and uh, when she saw me after i did, came to my home uh, yeah getting discharged from the hospital she eventually cried a lot and uh, she went into a very deep depression state and uh, suddenly uh, after 6 months or 7 months time uh, or a, i think more than a year right i am not sure about that date but uh, she eventually suicided and uh, we lost her so my physiotherapy was uh, was which was going very great suddenly stopped because all the family member was disturbed and uh, you know it was heart wrenching for us and uh, my sister was just a, a two year old little girl and uh, you know, my brother was uh, four four and a half year old back then uh, so we were three and uh, i was a spe- child of a special need and uh, several other things happened back then you know in indian society people allegedly blame you a husband is doing something blah 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 and there was a false case filed on my father by the my mother's brother right so they were allegedly you know trying to traumatize us but they didn't succeeded uh over there was a instance you know my bo- mother has to go to a uh, through a autopsy right or um, so they did the autopsy of the body they do, they find it suicide uh, case of suicide no no force existed nothing so the body was there and uh, i on the other side we three you know our, me and my siblings was not able to recollect what is happening around us the whole world war is going around us you know everybody is scattered we were not getting a food uh, because uh, you know everybody was uh, fear of getting uh, their name on the case right a legal case which will spoil their career and we had a good joint family you know extended father's family grandfather's family we all were scared Uh, this is big event because uh, in the re- remote places people don't know what legal things will do with them right and they were f- uh, fear about uh, cops going to courts and uh, my father eventually landed into the uh, behind the bars for like 7 uh, months because of the trial and uh, you know event uh, there was a trial but they nothing came out that he was uh, came out you know doctor judge has declared the case was false and uh, my father was uh, free and uh, and and who was looking after you while he was in jail so <laughs> there are uh, especially my grandmother grandmother mm-hmm. grandfather my father's elder brother my wife which we call it buddy mummy right Uh, and uh, my elder father was uh, father's elder brother was also you know uh, lawful man like uh, he learned uh, he has several social connections so through that also my father you know didn't have to spend a lot of time in jail so he came out earlier and uh, the evidence also was uh, very clearly saying that, uh, no uh, this was a sure shot suicidal case and uh, due to a traumatic session that my father was getting 
back then after you know uh, one year uh, one to two and a half years my father took care of us he was also have to establish his own business right because everything was scattered and uh, it was a world war situation you know no food no uh, although we had a joint family but everybody was have to you know uh, give certain time right they have to go to do their jobs and my father has to regain the the image that he lost due to these all things right happened in front of so uh, our schooling was also not uh, good back then and i was so never gone into school uh, you know good school because there was no uh, you know accessible school out there in my town so i did all of my primary studies in my home basically with the help of my younger siblings uh, they used to go to schools they bring the projects to the home and i used to do and uh, after after my mom, mom uh, dismissal uh, my father married again because he was not able to handle three kids and one kids with a special need so he married one another woman and uh, uh, i got another mom <laughs> she is very nice to me uh, she is really literally nice to us and uh, due to her with the support of her and uh, because she was a graduate uh, girl so see sort of given a, a primary push to uh, you know see our futures and uh, so so your your younger brother and sister would go to school and then bring you back the materials and then you would study at home right and i have to uh, appear for the examination there was a school which uh, was a uh, Uh, which is a, a government school basically government uh, runs that school those schools and those schools doesn't have this attendance system you can do the homework you can submit the homework and uh, i would like to mention one more thing here you know in when you have this mindset to do something right from your beginning of uh, the, your life i so you sort of get the resources on your hand right and uh, my first resources came handy to me was uh, my uh, brother and sister and the second resource that came handy to me was a uh, uh, rickshaw puller uh, a guy who pulls the rickshaw and uh, you know he pulls the rickshaw for the uh, government schools he eventually takes a few kids to government school and he used to go by by my you know house every single day so my uh, father's elder brothers thought uh, uh, why don't you also go to that rickshaw you know we will give, we will put you they they eventually carry me uh, for like uh, every weeks four to five days i have to go so i will just sit into the class i will listen to the uh, you know what's going around i don't interact much because uh, there was a uh, chance of uh, falling from the bench and all but yeah uh, you know breaking the barriers is what i was doing i, I thought so, I, so, so so at this point you 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 weren't going to school because you you lost mobility in right, your right. lower limbs right. yeah. and the school that i Uh, you know not in general going but i have to go for the uh, examination and passing the classes right 11 12th uh, these are non attending classes but yeah i have to do the study at my home appear for the exam uh, in the exam center pass the exam then then proceed to the next you were you were paralyzed from the waist down right yeah and you know you mentioned how important the early uh ages for like development and socializing right i, I imagine <laughs> being the older brother mm. in the family um meant you couldn't you know sort of play that older brother role uh, role sorry if if you you know couldn't you know walk them to school and come back exactly exactly so i would i would give you a slight perspective you know different perspective here as i uh, you know told you in our earlier discussion so uh, my father always had uh, this uh, mindset that if my elder son is not able to do 
let my uh, the next son my younger brother is uh, going to take over the authority so he gave uh, full authority to you know train me give me the social uh, economical perspective that how things runs and obviously while they bring the projects the school projects that engage me to think creatively uh, you know uh, i had a very fond memory of that and uh, this eventually leads me because i i don't have friends such such you know good friends at such in uh, back in the school days because you were you were always at home right yeah. most of the time i was at home and you know the thing was if even if i was going and interacting to the uh, this government schools folks i sort of uh, having a very different mindset altogether because those kids were like uh, you know uh, financially were not cute so they used to learn they used to go in the mid half of the class uh, you know after the lunch the class was empty and i have to sit i have to wait for my uh, rickshaw right uh, that uh, rickshaw puller guy i told you he had a very important role in my life uh, in those early you know bring up phase uh, when i was uh, before the 10th standard right till the 10th standard i get all the motivations of pushing myself towards learning towards getting uh, you know understanding human emotions understanding social uh, parameters and eventually interacting with uh, new uh, you know challenges uh, this rickshaw puller guy gave me sort of direction and also my sibling was pushing uh, uh, acted as a wheels of uh, you know driving me um, i remember very clearly i had a motivation to you know because this rickshaw puller guy every day he used to uh, you know carry me carry me to the class uh, to the class bench and he used to strictly says me say me okay, do not get down to the bench you will fall you may fall you know that fear of falling because i was not having control on my low waist right uh, if i jump around if i go try to uh, play with the normal kids i will eventually hurt myself and most of the time it happened because my curiosity was not letting me stuck in the class you know a class which is eventually acted as a jail for me <laughs> back then yeah so when when you were in the class and there would be like a, a a recess break and would the kids like go out and you had to you had to stay back was there somebody that would like look after you yeah no actually uh, i need to sit back because uh, obviously the school was government run school and not so uh, not much of uh, facilities were there like no one no attendee or something like that was there yeah in these government schools was there like a teacher giving the class so, yeah uh, so every every subjects were being taught that's for sure the examination uh, you have to be very particular about the subject and the examination will ask you those those subjects for, uh, which was uh, taught in the class and you obviously it sounds like you did really well in terms of like studying and the rest and and i would uh, say i would say till the till 8th standard you know till 8th and standard i was not really sure because my mind was uh, you know most of my mind was working to make myself better because my father has this you know motivation ki once you get up on your feet uh, i would i will tell you one more thing here here you know, which is very important in your you know anyone who is struggling Uh, you know in phase of mind so there is two things that person with disability or person with you know motor neuromotor disability have you know, have to go through they have to first train their self uh, the, their mental ability their cognitive ability and according um, um, apart from that they have to parallelly maintain their self by exercising going through a physiotherapy right so as i told you right the early physiotherapy was very important which was not given that's why my state was stuck at that point and um, rest of the physiotherapy that i gone through till now 
that uh, the, as i one of my doctor said you have to uh, if you want to live long you have to live long with your physiotherapy <laughs> so mm. so uh, you know uh, that physiotherapy i was doing by myself let me tell you so i wow. uh, this was very uh, unimaginable to anyone who is in my condition uh, literally so uh, you know imagine something that help you to stretch stretch means stretch your contracture muscle contracture because you are crawling all day right all day long you are crawling or you are sitting sitting posture gives you a very tight muscles and uh, contractures so you want to stretch your body right? stretch your contra- uh, parts where you are um, you are getting uh, you know dystrophy mus- muscles dystrophy muscle stiffness so what i used to do i used to make a sandbags i called my mo- uh, stepmother and uh, asked her to fill the uh, bags with the sand uh, sand and make it a uh, you know, 5 kg 4 kg uh, you know multiple sizes of uh, multiple weights of uh, sandbags and i used to put them on my feet and i used to exercise myself like stretching uh, lying down with uh, lifting myself up and also in my early primary days i remember my father has uh, went uh, you know uh, consulted one pro- orthotic when you had go through the knee transplant or something like that they give you the support external support right orthotic yeah the orthopedic yeah all right yeah. right those kind of orthotics was made in my town also so they uh, you know they diagnosed me they told okay we'll give you the primary stand you know kind of leg brace which is a, a two two rod going uh, going across your legs uh, going parallel to your legs and will support you with the uh, you know straps to make you stand or to make you walk or something like that you know uh, that and that was hell painful mm. back then but uh, obviously after uh, you know exercising or standing or making my legs straight and uh, you know standing on those uh, braces those and deformed braces i sort of get relief after you know going through those pain sessions right because ultimately the blood flow happened right onto those uh, you know dead uh, not dead the unregulated uh, nerves yeah. so nerves and uh, muscles right so the regulations happened and uh, eventually uh, i get relief and uh, that gives me a good night sleep as well uh, somehow wow. and the day when i don't do that those things by myself and these all things i am doing by myself let me tell you wow so so how would this how did the sandbags work you'd you'd fill them with sand so yeah. uh, let me tell you if you when i sit on a, a prone position right when i lie down on a prone position my uh, due to my uh, pelvic contracture my hip bulge hip get bulge up right so you know eventually putting sands on my legs and then lying down lying down on the bed will stretches me my uh, abdominals my uh, iliopsoas and my trunk muscles right this three muscles, this three muscles get stretched and i get relief oh <laughs> because oh, wow. the, the sandbags and this is totally dri- derived by me Uh, see the curiosity yeah. of the child that wants to give because most of the time i you know sit crawl with my uh, hand that makes me stiff stiffness and uncomfortable situations you know and uh, i catch hold multiple diseases and let me tell you i got influenza after when i was in 7th or 8th standard i got dysentery i got diarrhea as well and uh, these all diseases did not hamper me much because i was exercising all this time you know massaging myself you know massaging means you know i take this massaging oil massage myself really hard my legs so that my legs will you know get uh, the blood circulation and this all i learned by going through multiple physiotherapy session in my early diagnostic sessions uh, 
and um, uh, also my father was able to do in the early phases but when he you know indulged himself in the business uh, developing his business uh, he sort of uh, i sort of left behind and there was very few you know when i was preparing for my highest higher studies and entrance examination i used to i have to do by myself there is no person around me who can spare time to you know uh work with me or massage help me in massaging so those sandbags was really helpful <laughs> wow so your your brain was already thinking like an engineer right back then <laughs> right right so then you know you you obviously were very motivated to to push yourself physically and and then also uh intellectually and and that landed you um a very prestigious education is that correct right uh, that landed me into the one of the topmost engineering institution or university by itself in india it's like ranked five or six right now in the all the engineering colleges that we have in india so it's uh, around six and seven rank when i was in uh, when when i was in going to this uh, government school i always miss that you know uh, uh, that part where you you know you go out of the class interact with your friend go to the playing cricket or you know uh, standing by the road side to have a sip of uh, you know uh, tea to get a tea to get a beverages you know <laughs> i was missing all those obviously we are, you know you finding girlfriends it was also missing finding friends also missing so all these missing things was suddenly opened up when you, when i yeah get into this mainstream education where yeah india's top brains like really you know out of 14 lakh application 14 lakh of applications five every year only 6000 to 7000 folks get into this premier institute and that too with the scholarships like i my father never paid any penny to my education never yeah i i uh i watched the movie you told me to watch um the three idiots right <laughs> movie about the the guy who goes to engineering school in india and um and then becomes really good friends with those other two guys it got released uh, you know in 2010 if i'm not wrong right and uh, this was my first movie that i encountered in the hall big big films right you you saw this before you went to engineering school or or were you yeah, already there yeah that's what you know in the 11th class 11th and 12th we need mm-hmm. to uh, stream 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 ourselves whether we are going to a medical stream or commerce stream or arts or you know engineering so for engineering we use we have to choose four subject which is physics chemistry maths oh. and another op- optional right so uh, my uh, you know my entire family was uh, reluctant to take engineering as my career or pursuation right everyone is reluctant because they don't want they didn't imagine you know myself doing engineering dealing with the hardware you know uh, hardwares dealing with the electronics you know nobody can you know a guy who is not able to lift himself to his wheelchair or you know not able to drink a water by himself who <laughs> mm. you know nobody can imagine and then my, uh, my you know my father said a brother he was very you know social guy so he he wanted to experiment do the experiment so he took me to the cinema hall uh, carried me to the cinema hall and this was the first moment uh, you know first movie that i watched in the hall and uh, this was a life turning movie because i was doing all sort of back end engineering at my home right without knowing that this is actual engineering that you know person has to do think in a creative way try to find out the solution of the problem or deals with the circuitry yeah uh, but once i watched that movie uh, in my um, before my entrance examination this engineering entrance examination i was mind blown 
I was not able to sleep. I was not able to, you know, imagine. I just wanted to uh, create that thing in my life. Simply. Yeah. And uh, four year of B-Tech, I did the same. <laughs> I did every mishaps, every, you know, uh, mischiefs that I can do uh, with the engineer, uh, engineers and engineering professors and engineering classes. I did that. So, so when you went to to engineering school, you were you were in a wheelchair. Uh, was was there wheelchair accessible like facilities no, no, no. and buildings? No, no, no. So there is another story. Here comes the another story of my life. So um, my father was sure. You know, my father was supportive enough. Uh, except my father and my brother, no was supporting me to get the engineer engineering course right enroll for the engineering courses uh, so my father imagined engineering that i can pursue because he saw my zeal right he saw my curiosity but he never imagined a big campus with non accessibility non you know ramps nowhere they you will find ramps because prior to me there was no such candidate whoever entered in in a mainstream engineering college with this level of severe uh, severity right severe disability right and i was the first one wow you're the first <laughs> and i think i was the last one because after that <laughs> you know there was a ramp there is a lift in every uh, mainstream department in an administration and i am i am also uh, you know reached out to them to make a lift in the hostel the mm. hostels that you know you and i you and a normal people get into this in india there is a hostel the boys hostel girls hostels right and those hostels are pretty you know, just a room with a uh, you know racks for keeping your books draw, uh, drawers notes nothing else you know you have to if you want to use the sanitation there is a common sanitation every floor has three bathrooms three you know lavatories yeah like a so student you have accommodation to, um right yeah. accommodation right and believe it or not <laughs> believe it or not i emphasize here when my father saw that he asked me will you able to sustain it <laughs> he was not able to imagine a me carrying a bucket to the bathroom by crawling <laughs> yeah and in my movie uh, that i made the manzil that i showed right you know, let's declare this i disclose this the manzil shows all this and right? you know three days it was the three days movies right in that hostel yeah. you know everybody is bathing everybody is waking up in the morning going to the bathroom a bathroom is jam packed you know so that same thing happened with me so what i did i again find the solution i go to bed early wake up early early in the morning like 4 am where nobody in the engineering college wake up so in engineering college if you wake up at 4 am you will find absolute peace no noise yeah, everyone's asleep <laughs> no no one is alive everyone is dead <laughs> so, yeah they're all asleep yeah so i utilize this those time you know, i get my bath get my sanitation done my and uh, how how did you carry like a bucket of water to the uh, yeah that uh, that you can see in my you know <laughs> my video yeah, yeah in the video you made okay right that you can see and uh, it it is normal because you know uh, for me finding the uh, uh, solution for the normal problem is became very easy became very handy you know you don't get the switches fan switches uh, at your height the because i am crawling right nobody will give you the switches at down right in the normal phenomena they give the switches at the mid of the room right i was not able to reach those switches what i did you don't believe i automated it <laughs> i tried it made the light switch in your, <laughs> in your hostel wow. i wrote some piece of code 
I did some tweaking in like, you know, boards and I placed the Arduino Bluetooth module and yeah, here it goes. You press one in your phone, your switch will be turned on. <laughs> wow. So you, you made it Bluetooth accessible in your right. dorm. Right. Wow. Very clever. So you obviously, you know, got in and saw how difficult it was going to be. I mean, at any point, like during your studies, were you like, um, I don't know. In the yeah. in engineering college, I was all by my own. So mm-hmm. my father only gave me this scooty with the side wheels. Side wheels means supporting wheels. That scooty will only cover the roadside because my college was huge, right? Thousand and twenty four acres campus. So it was very huge campus, and uh, you know, any, no one can imagine crowding those uh, roads and uh, you know going to the classes. Already, I was crawling for kilometers to kilometers to move around the galleries of the departments. Right in your, uh, in just like MITs, we have the gallery which connects different departments. Right. So uh, here in India also we have a. a short pathways where you know people can walk and go to the different classes because there is very uh, less time you know, the time lapse between the bit in between the classes was very less like five minutes six minutes so i i sort of crawled for like marathon <laughs> i literally crawled for a marathon like 500 five kilometers every day i was crawling to go to the different department attend different classes and also climbing stairs with my bare hand, 80 stairs to get... Wow, because obviously the wheelchair wasn't right. an option, yeah. And there was wow. no lifts. <laughs> wow. So I have to just, uh, you know, sit and crawl and sit and climb. <laughs> and believe it or not, I was... Uh, every single moment of time I find myself early in the class. I don't know how. Somebody <laughs> You were never late. Yeah, I never late. I was you know, sitting in front of the bench and from front row and my professor was amazed to see. Yeah, you made every other student look really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. <laughs> they were like, in Hindi, in English it says like, why you come so early, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And... So, and how was the, was the experience as you imagined, like, uh, in the sense that you were socializing, like meeting lots of people that had the same interests as you? Did you, did you make friends? Uh, here comes another story. So the first day of my college was very daunting and haunting because everybody, everybody in the hostel, this empty hostel suddenly get filled with the engineers. They were like out of from their family restrictions and all they are like shouting a lot and i was like not <laughs> able to sleep oh my god <laughs> where i am you know <laughs> so one friend of mine uh, he just uh, he got the adjacent room uh, you know uh, he got the adjacent room and he's visited me for the first time his name is mitesh mishra so he's the one guy who was very curious about my story, you know, because you, if you don't have much of academy excellence, you have the story to tell to someone because I cracked my J just bare minimum marks that will let me enter to the J exam, uh, you know, college. That was the uh, practice that I did. And I was not the topper, not even the average guy. I was just sustaining, you know. So uh, first three, four days was very, uh, you know, everybody was getting through the uh, timings, the lab sessions, the every reports was, and I was, you know, multitask, doing multitasking for a guy who's not doing any task at home. (laughs) So imagine that is like a... uh, climbing a Mount Everest in a, a few hours. So I was like, uh, you know, that guy really came in my room and first day was very harmful because I never stayed away with uh, from my family, right? And I never stayed in alone in the hostels. So I was courageous 
but that courage comes with there were so many of years i didn't know that so yeah so there there is a saying you know when you when your life is in threat you find ways to save it <laughs> that was the moment of that and um, this guy came to my room just for a handshake and we started talking i explained my story and he became my friend then and there <laughs> and he, he said don't worry i will sleep here i will not sleep with my roommate and my i didn't got any uh, roommates because nobody was willing to stay with a guy who is crawling all the time <laughs> people get fear <laughs> you know people get fear of not getting hurt right means anybody can hurt me right if somebody is uh, staying with me they have to be very uh, cautious about my uh, you know daily routines right so yogamitesh <clears throat> mishra came to my room and he said okay i will sleep with you uh, you just uh, don't worry don't get anxious tomorrow we'll go classes together and tomorrow i didn't find it because he left classes before me so yeah i had this my bike right and nobody was allowed to get a motor vehicle inside the campus only i was the guy you know that a big campus has all the bicycles running here and there and nobody likes to ride a bicycles everybody rides like to ride a bike in the campus right so there was no bike allowed i was having this bike and this bike gave me the freedom to make as many friends as i want you know everybody was somebody if somebody is getting late to the classes i just give them a ride you know let's go buddy together and wow so you're the only guy with the motorized yeah, bike and yeah. you must have been very very popular right very popular and uh, yeah obviously i was a uh, 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 growing up singer a uh, struggling singer as well so you know oh, wow i get usually get into jamming and uh, you know i had this first concert in my college where they allowed me to sing and i literally sang well i didn't know how i sang that song but it was went well everybody was shouting next day i was hero <laughs> or <was> some super <laughs> <laughs> and with all of these like new things in your life like you know all these new people and experiences and and hardships was was it was it difficult to concentrate on on the schoolwork um yeah very difficult i i must tell you i was not able to cope up with the subject but that i should, i told one proverb right if you have the fear of losing something you your mind will eventually get trained and somehow my mind was very fearful that if i get kicked out of from my this college i will not be able to come back again to my life so i had only one chance do or die situation so somehow i'm very focused you know after the classes i don't get usually get interacted for the first and second year of my early btech Uh, you know bachelor's degree i was very co- very fearful and every day i was reading after the classes i was going to the room directly to heading to the room get in fresh and up get some exercise done in my room and then started reading just trying to pass all the subjects because the pace of the subject was very high you know you have to um, go through 28 credit credit courses completed within 3 months more the big thick 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 books you have to read 300 pages in before one you know before the night of the exam but i was reading since in that semesters so i sort of you know also learning new things was a very challenging for me because of my disease uh, I, i didn't know that back then because uh, you know nobody had told me but recently i found ki that was not just uh, the thing which i was not able to grasp it with that pace but uh, you know this is because of the side effect that my that meningoencephalitis give you you know you uh, struggle with studying you know, you know fast paced right uh, you are uh, very bad at focusing on single thing this is like a you know attention deficit kind of thing but that sort of training the training the 
fear of leaving behind the fear of you know and that's when the practical approach comes in you know why i was not missing the classes because at least going to the classes is helping me to listen those words that are sp- spoken by the professor and for other uh, other student they don't mind in going you know if they miss the classes they can cover it up by themselves but for me it was very challenging and by that time i went uh, you know on in my third year i was becoming pro <laughs> i was i was like you know okay let the subject come we will see out one week before exam and we we'll, we literally I mean i literally did a score very good marks in my final semester reading just day before exam just day before exam engulfing all this thing in one single day i read 500 pages in just before the examination and i still remember you know we were um, in the, my early you know btex days nobody was willing to study with me you know, there will be a groups right friend groups of friend which where they make understand the concept because in this kind of institute professor is not going to teach you every single thing it's just like self learning thing you know you have to re- you have to understand your course that's when the indian engineers is very good at understanding new things <laughs> they sort of get trained from their beginning and in the us uh, you know uh, course system i see very diverse right you know professor focuses on little little uh, you know very mi- minor concepts as well but these minor concepts was not given by the professors here i we have to you know read it by ourselves and understand it by ourselves so those electronic concepts you know where you learn about bjts uh, diodes they never make make sense to me till the third year when i actually did hands on things on you know prototyping things prototyping circuitry prototyping you know different um, attaching different nodes of the circuitry then i understood and uh, going through the labs courses was very difficult because the labs were also not accessible i have to climb on the table the table where the electronics equipments were kept i have to climb on that those table to you know wire it to understand it basically so. wow and, and so now you have this theoretical knowledge and and then the practical application and you start to get really good at you know coding and and building stuff uh coding um, i think uh, i have in my qualcom career of 5 year by the way i would like to correct you here i am i okay. resigned from qualcom last month november so i am going to uh, get into a scientist d post next year i got recruited by ministry of department of science and technology i want to serve my country because my responsibilities are over <laughs> wow congratulations so yeah so you know um, the thing was uh, uh, understanding coding was very difficult because uh, coding something gives you a logical reasoning right and uh, i was very poor at that uh, till now uh, mm. now to i can understand because five year of qualcom has given me enough exposure to learn things and understand the codings itself but i can't i i didn't have any exposure to code by myself and uh, you know you can take a, a help of github nowadays you know coding is very easy but back then coding was very hard and and talk talk um talk through how you then took that knowledge and then applied it to yourself to help you with with mobility yeah so basically you know my first you know fundamental motivation of doing engineering is to find out and build something that will help me to stand and walk i want to work for in the world of uh, you know be brain machine interface and uh, that was my scope all time motivation right but you know as a elder son and as a coming from a uh, backward financial family background i have to choose i don't sorry i don't have much choices 
in front of me when i got this companies that uh, those uh, are coming into the campus placement i have to sit for them and uh, eventually you know crack them and uh, qualcom was the first company who came into the campus for placement and i cracked it somehow so i had yeah. without a second thought i just jump into the you know professional uh, corporate job first let me tell you first thing corporate job i always had this uh, mindset ki you know uh, managing me as a for any managers or any management is very difficult this corporate uh, you know corporate culture and uh, you know sustaining in the corporate with the severe disability is very challenging let me tell you first because you have to be very efficient towards your work you have to be growth uh, you know growing at your professional career at the same time you have to deal with your you know physical uh, ailments which is giving you a pain all time sitting in the desk right uh, obviously you are going to the lab but you are sitting on the wheelchair so uh, the choices were not there i have to support my family my family i have to uh, you know financially stable get stable myself then i will be able to think or okay choosing my you know working on my body or something but again fortunate thing happened the team which i was in qualcom they were very supportive to you know work on my anatomy work on my physical improvement physical health they allowed me a time they literally allowed me a time they although the work was very hectic i have to spend 8 hours in lab a very high frequency lab you know but at the same time i was able to you know take out some time for my exercise for my physiotherapy and coming to your coming back to your question how this engineering helped me to get design my leg brace understand my anatomy is the first fundamental things which i learned in the engineering that you know you can think of a problem and break it down into a pieces and then work on it right so i sort of imagine myself let me first stand on my feet then my entire bowel movement my metabolism will obey you know once i stand on my feet once i step through some support take some baby steps through some support that will help me to regulate my bowel movement which is very getting bad every single day in sitting in 8 hours in office that was reported from the first month to my management i have reported the same in the very first month that sitting in the wheelchair doing this job is making me giving me hard time you know i was getting a lumbar pain a very high grade of lumbar pain i got this uh, kidney stone as well because that bowel movement was and the urine extraction was not uh, prominent uh, not regular basically so yeah. these all things help me to think about the solution where i can reach out the folks reach out the sci- scientist who is working on this field discussed with them and in terms of technical terms not in terms of casual uh, you know layman's language i deal i understand the things which i was doing at home you know with the sandbags these things is help me to understand my element where i need to work where ne- i need to focus that that's when i discovered you know there are several options available out there where you can simply bring those nuts and uh, you know logs pieces uh, you know design techniques and assemble it here in india so i interacted with one of the prosthetic and orthotic engineer sitting in delhi he sort of and also you know i was getting a salary a paycheck so i started investing those in myself and eventually designed a leg brace which is fully customized you know um, he said one thing he said if you go to america if you go to the best orthotic people they will also not take up your case because your case has very diverse torsional movements when you stand your your hip is getting uh, you know 
thoughts your have your you are having uncontrolled you know hips of uh, hip strength like there is a strength in my uh, lattice uh, you know gluteus maximus gluteus minimus and minimus there is a strength but those strengths are not enough to make you stand entire day mm. or even entire you know uh, for an hours right so you have to yeah. we have to come up with something that is non standard no we will not follow the standard protocol we will adjust according to your anatomy so that it will help you at the best and let me tell you the brace that i designed it's still a very hard frame you know it based on the nitinol you know material but it still you know break uh, you know after a month i have to make it repair the locks were not capable enough to hold my upper body weight so i am working on my upper body weight to maintain my upper body you know in a ratio of the lower portion and the upper portion trying to make it a balance and obviously you know i have to work i have to sit at least for 5 and 6 hours a day it's very challenging yet and so you were designing this sort of obviously on your on your own time apart from you know yeah. having your day job yeah yeah i was researching i was interacting with a, a baker's orthopedics which is in situated in usa i interacted with those and they gave me the contacts i was i was i went to delhi multiple times i sit in hyderabad i took the flight went to delhi spent some time there spent time with the uh, engineers the designers and uh, worked with them uh, you know crafted each and every part of that uh, you know my board leg brace precisely designed for my uh, that will fit in my frame the frame will fit in my body and uh, eventually helping me to walk uh, with uh, crutches right now i am using two crutches but uh, for i am seeing the growth very prominent and uh, i'm hoping that i will be walking in near future with one crutches wow that's amazing so you you designed your own braces and pushed through right right i know we're we're close to to being out of time i usually ask my guests what in the last 12 months they've found to help them improve their mental health and and well-being that they would advise to others but i i want to ask you what advice would you provide to to listeners on on how they can overcome adversity you know obviously something you're you've been really good at doing your whole life so yeah I'm glad that you asked this question and i whenever this question is asked to me i give a very practical approach and very Uh, out of the box thinking here so first thing when you uh, you know when you encounter your uh, you know hard time or uh, where you are not uh, coping up with things right i just believe that human mental ability is beyond what you even imagine what one can imagine we can build a supercomputer we can build you know quantum computers right now and um, nobody uh, you know nobody is a uh, same as elon musk or uh, einstein but at the end of the day elon musk einstein jeff bezos you know whatever you name everybody has this human body it's just a matter of fact ki how they focus on the problem how they see the problem how they see their state and how they evaluate on the practical ground on the resources that they have on the local you know help or support they have i often say you know if you are not willing to ask for help don't just ask but do something that will eventually be on a give and take basis you do something they will give you something that's how you can modify your uh, your personal aspect second thing there is nothing like depression there is nothing like you know 
mental setback there is nothing like you know mental disability or mental illness or physical illness it is the only thing that gives you these all emotions is the pain is the suffering and if you are having this suffering why don't you enjoy it why don't you smile on it you know i was crawling back in college with my bare hand my uh, my hands were bleeding, bleeding i was writing my exam with a bleeding hand for you know some of the semesters i got with a bleeding hand i never saw i never felt ki i'm suffering i felt like a soldier like i was owning my all life you know be the owner of your own life if you are not able to own your life find a someone or do something that will make you feel that you are owning something you know uh, there's uh, this guy life without limits his, his name is nick vujovic he didn't have limbs he said you know he said one thing you know which struck me a lot you if you don't able to do do miracle become a miracle for someone mm. do a normal thing that will make you uh, just magical you know um, till date whatever i did uh, in the last uh, last year was my fruitful year of my life because i got um, i got uh, to interact with multiple folks i had one person in my life was very sweet and they uh, are very very caring i also got to see that my work this manzil work is can create a revolution to uh, it can change the lives to others impact others life as well and i believe i came to believe that nothing is beyond me everything is within me in it is contained on me it just i am not yet explored i am not yet given a try to work on it if you are working on it if you are trying to give uh, you know trying to crack it it will happen it will take give you a pain obviously it is you know everybody knows every single motivator gives you same line the pain is the root gives you motivation to work to get release out of it and obviously we see stephen hawkins who created a world around him you know who created who gave so much of knowledge to the world theoretical only but it is beyond the imagination because sitting one point and in one confining in your own space and finding yourself doing better is what makes you you know out of the world and uh, you, i believe god is inside us god is inside everyone we just need to explore it it's just need to focus on uh, exploring it and i believe another thing which is i quote in everywhere where i go will of willingness should never end you should be willing each and every time because once you stop willing you will be stagnant eventually you will be hitting towards death everybody has to die let's just smile and be cheerful and you know perceive your life and make a good things out of it just explore that's it that's great that's very inspiring and I, and I i know a lot of people will will find inspiration in your story so i, I just want to thank you again for for sharing it Thank thank you you very much, Rod. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoyed that, please hit subscribe, like, and share. See you next time.